0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the TraderCom Crypto Show. Today, I have with me back Doc Severson of Ready Set Crypto. Thanks very much for your time, mate. Hey,
1: great to be here again, Craig. Thanks.
0: I always enjoy sitting down and having a chat with you, mate. We always pick up a lot and uh, put a bit of back and forth into this because we've both been trading for a number of years. And um, I think today I want to sort of go through a couple of the things I think we're lacking in the market uh, and help us to let everybody else understand the sorts of things we're looking for because mate, you'll be very aware as am I that, um, a lot of people that are in this space right now, they've not been trading or investing in other markets before. Lots of people that is not, not everybody. And most people will have had some form of investment, but but trading is a very different game. And I always hear people talking about, Oh wow, you know, hundred, hundred times leverage and all this sort of thing. Leverage isn't scary if you understand it. Like when we're trading foreign exchange, we're looking at three, 400 times leverage. It, it doesn't matter. It, it's just about understanding it and managing your risk. Now, one of the things I've noticed, and I'm not sure if this is a, um, um, a purposeful thing or not. Maybe you can shed some light on it. But not a single one of these platforms have an easy to understand risk management tool. Do you agree with that or have you got some places where I can have a look because I want people to understand their risk in a dollar term or a Bitcoin term or both?
1: You know what I end up doing is for every platform that I use is I I end up building some kind of little risk management spreadsheet on the side, you know, like, okay, here's my entry point. Here is where I'm going to liquidate. Here's 2% of my account equity that I'm going to risk on this position. Here's my, you know. So it's, it's almost like I have to build that on the side Mm. just to use these types of things, because I think the biggest temptation when you get into a leveraged instrument is like, Hey, I've got a small account. Let me, let's go all in on this one. You know, this is, this is going to be the one that's going to double my account. Yeah. Whereas, you know, people don't understand you make 10% on your account. That's an awesome trade, right? You should be patting yourself on the back, but it's like most people in small accounts, are not going to celebrate unless they get a double, which is totally unrealistic and it's unsustainable because that knife cuts both ways, doesn't it?
0: Absolutely, and look, I, I see people all the time, you know, people say that when, they, when I'm trading, they're like, you know, how many X have you done on your account this year? It's like, A, that's not your business. Um, <laughs> and you know, B, if you're measuring your success by how many times you multiply the capital you start with, you, okay. Yes, in 2017, 16, you had times when that would happen. Now, we might see that happen again. I'm sure we'll see some sort of big boom again, right? you probably see that happening again. But if you want to be a realistic investor or trader or trader and investor within this space and have longevity, you need to understand that these are not normal conditions. Now, you go and trade foreign exchange, and this is what I say to people as a big differentiator to other people out there in the space, and you'll be on the same sort of Richter uh, there doc where it's, you know, I've been making my living from trading other markets my life. You know, my last 10 years, I've been trading 13. The last 10, this has been my gig, right? Um, I can go back to those markets and make money. A lot of the people in crypto couldn't make money if they went to those markets. And that's not to put them down. It's just to tell people that there is a level of understanding that needs to come before you can have that long-term, that longevity in markets. I'm seeing a lot of people miss that. What do you think is the biggest thing that people in crypto Fail to understand and grasp that we understand in traditional trading.
1: Oh, where where, where should I begin with that? It's, <laughs> it's well, let's 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 go back. First of all, I think we lost a whole decade of investors because mm. when you go back to two thousand and eight and crash and everything like that, there was just so many different snowball effects to that. So basically, we lost almost a whole decade or a generation of investors because nobody wanted to touch it. It was like yeah. radioactive as like kryptonite, right? And so what I've seen is over the last couple of years so many people have come to me just just starting out. They have zero experience where as before I got into crypto, all of my customers came up through the stock markets and then got into the options markets and traded futures and so by the time they got to me, they'd already been trading for the better part of several years and they'd gone through several different cycles. And then all of a sudden you get involved with crypto and people are just starting out. And, and it's funny because it's a different type of market too. It's a different type of investor. First of all, generally it's a younger investor yeah. who has got their emotions completely wrapped up into a specific coin. You know, it's funny because it's like, I'll be on a YouTube or something like that. And all of a sudden the ripple army will show up and and just like beat me down on it. You know, like ripple, ripple, ripple. Yeah. But it's, I've never seen such, such devotion to the underlying asset. Like you've traded other stuff before. We don't care what on earth we trade. It's, it means nothing to us. It's just another price chart. But here you've got a whole younger generation that is living and breathing for a specific asset. They've invested their own selves into it. And so, uh, you know, we're almost starting from scratch with so many different ways, not only from just what a price chart is, the fundamentals of investing, risk management, those kind of things, but also helping them to understand now into leveraged derivative instruments, which is a whole different ballgame.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. The the, the emotional part of that, um, and the, the funny thing is, well, it's not funny at all. The tragic thing is, I should say, not funny. The tragic thing is, is that that level of devotion is completely counterintuitive to what you need to be as a successful investor and trader. Now, I know some pretty successful people, men and women, that are managing very large portfolios and not one of them has any emotional attachment to their investments because you can't have that. You know, it's like the, it's like the parent, um, or all you know, the family friend that you've got and they say, Oh, I, I own, I own Coca-Cola shares. Why? Oh, because Jimmy, who's a, he's a delivery driver for them. He says that they're doing this, this, and this people want to believe that they've got somebody who knows something. So that's typically why they invest. Well, Jimmy, who drives a delivery truck doesn't know. He knows nothing. Just because he works for them doesn't make it a good investment. Um, so right. that was the old school way people would make their silly decision investing. Now, the new school of investor that we've got in this particular space, as you say, they're coming into it. They basically just cling on to a YouTuber or someone who says something. A lot of people in this space really um, flock towards people that have the most followers. That doesn't make you an
1: expert on something. There is, there is something that I see all the time, and this is re- regardless of of the background, regardless of the market that we're trading. But it's, it's, if you trade for long enough, eventually you'll be a student of psychology. And one of the things, one of the things that people get into is what's called the cognitive biases. And probably the worst one that I see is called confirmation bias. Mm. So here's, here's kind of the chain of events is I tune into somebody's YouTube channel, and I just connect with this dude. It's like, wow, okay, this guy, I am totally 100% in this guy's corner. So now what's happened is all of a sudden I've become a fan and I want to believe this guy. I want Mm -hmm. to believe everything that he says and maybe he's got a very positive forecast or something like that. So I fall in with him. Well, I have now gotten confirmation bias and the part of the brain, which is called the reticular activating system, All of a sudden acts as a filter that's all it will see is information that's related to what this dude was saying on the YouTube channel so I filter out everything else and I just focus in on what I want to see and usually the market will do exactly the opposite of that it's amazing how often that happens and you're like a deer in the headlights because you didn't take the opposite side into account and all of a sudden you get run over like a freight train And you wonder what the hell happened. Of course, what you're going to do is go back and blame that guy now and say, well, if it wasn't for so-and-so, this wouldn't happen. But that's confirmation bias, and I see it happen every single day. And actually, it's something that all of us humans have, and I have to fight really hard not to get affected by it myself.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a couple of things to touch on there. That, that part of the brain you're talking about, it's like when you buy a, a red Audi, you see Audis everywhere, particularly red ones. You know what I mean? We're thinking of buying a car. You see them every. It's exactly the same thing. Now that confirmation bias, what it does, is it flips on two sides as well Is it. Now what you've done is you've, you've gone, okay, I was wrong. I've lost money. Ouch, that sucks. Then you go back and you go, it's this guy's fault because he told me to do it. Now what you've done is you've made a mistake and you're not willing to accept the mistakes Ooh, and therefore man. you won't learn. Then you go and repeat the same one. Now you find this other guy. Oh, he sounds great now. That other guy's a jerk, isn't he? I lost heaps of money because of him. He's useless. But this <laughs> guy's the guy. I'm going to go and buy these tokens and let the cycle repeat and repeat and repeat. They don't, there's no accountability, or not. I shouldn't say. I shouldn't be so harsh. But there's a lack of accountability for one's own decisions when this new wave of investors come in and they haven't had those lessons before. You know.
1: You know, it's funny because I I was forced to go on this sort of hunt for knowledge about this stuff because I was doing the same exact things. I would just yeah. sort of bounce from one thing to another, like everybody else was, and it was just pissing me off because it's like how could I know so much mm. about all this stuff and be so bad at what I was doing? And I was just like, there, there's something going on here. And it wasn't until I I just sort of basically collectively swept off the table and said, all right, I'm going to get good at one thing, and it's going to be me and not somebody else. Mm. And so once I dove into that one thing, uh, that's when everything just turned around. So that's always what I tell people is like, Forget about what everybody else says. you got to find your own one thing, and it's got to come from within. You have to internalize that strategy. It's got to be yours. And I know of guys that are fairly uh, well-known traders that they will not watch the news. They will yeah. not read the paper. They will not do anything. They stumble out of bed 10 minutes before the market opens, and then, you know, they have no information, and they're looking at it with untainted eyes very similar mate uh, that's very
0: similar to, to what i do I, I have a skim through uh headlines in the morning for the podcast that's the only reason i do it is to go through and you know the reason that i do it more than anything else doc is because i want people to understand how useless that information actually is right so you read (laughs) through it it's like if the market went down it's like oh bitcoin's if the market goes i said remember journalists write this stuff they have to write articles they're going to write what's going on in front of them it's already happened they're writing about the things that are interesting is when it's sort of saying you know or such and such is doing this and it's like movement forward in the space for example a good one that i that i saw recently was um axa have you know the big insurance house have have teamed up with i can't remember the name of the company to provide insurance for crowd crowd raising and stos and i thought that's a really good step in the right direction because it allows institutional involvement now because there is a large company that is able to insure that base i thought that's a see that piece of news it's not going to affect my trading but i'd like to go okay well good but that's a, that's a step in the right direction. And I do need to be a little bit up on what's going on as we, you know, we do this. This is our living. We, we trade, but we also talk. Uh, so it's pretty important to know what the hell's going on. But when I traded foreign exchange, the only news, or not just foreign exchange, but everything else, the only things I would check would be when's the announcements coming out, when are they reporting, when are the earnings. If none of those things were getting in the way, that was it. I'd, I'd literally look at economic calendars and, and that was all it was.
1: That's all I want to see is when are the risk events going to hit yeah. the tape today? That's all I care about. So yeah. nothing else really matters. You know, it's like the shorter your time horizon for the trade, the less that the news matters. Mm.
0: How often do you get people come up to you and say, oh, what do you think of X, Y, Z? This guys saying this and this and this. You, have it, you must have it all the time like I do, right? What do you think of what this um, person's saying?
1: Every, every day. Yeah. And it's like, so all of a sudden I have to defend what somebody else is saying about something without saying... You know, and I, I try to be diplomatic about it. I'm like, well, look, honestly, I don't really care what they have to say about it. You know, <laughs> I, uh, my answer is in the price chart. It's everything that's known today is right in the price chart. So what, why would you argue with what the price chart is saying? Because right there is the collective intelligence of the entire world is mm-hmm. baked into that price chart.
0: It's funny, isn't it? Cause I, I did the same. I'm like, you know, not to sound arrogant, you tiptoe around, you're like, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I really couldn't care less what anybody's saying. I, I don't care. And that they could be right. I could be wrong, but it, it doesn't matter because I'm the only one that makes my decisions. And I yeah. stand by that, you know, right or wrong. I, I have to believe in what I'm doing, not what some, I can't get sidetracked by what somebody else is doing. So hey, I wanted to talk to you about something based on that, um, on that leverage side of things. Now we talked, prior to hitting record here, and we discussed some of the things about different exchanges, platforms, brokers, whatever you want to call them, and how recently you called one up because you had some serious slippage, and um, they refund you the trade. Now, it doesn't happen very often. I want to make that very clear, but tell us what
1: happened. Never, this has never happened to me, and I've been trading for 23 years, and this has never, ever, ever happened to me where, a, where an exchange reversed a trade. Yep. So what, what I did was I used no, it's probably okay if I say the name of this exchange. I don't mind
0: just saying it's one
1: of these it's one of these synthetic futures exchanges which just launched in the month of February. And I think they might be from Russia, but I'm not totally sure. But you can't tell by looking at the site because there's no Cyrillic on it. But so I entered I entered a, a bracket trade. So what I did was I entered and I've got my stop loss. You know, I went long. Got my stop loss defined down there. I've got my target up there, and this was uh, about a month ago, where the price was not moving at all. It was just like it had gone up, and it would just went like yeah. that for like a week, forever. Right. So I'm yeah. like, I'm like, well, all right, I'll just, I'll just sit in this trade. I've got my bracket set up. There's no reason for me to get out, and let's see how it happens. And all of a sudden, I get up the next day, and all my position's been liquidated. And I'm like, oh, I got stopped out. Shoot. Let's see. where they I, and I looked at the, the very low tick was right here, which was well above my stop. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. And then I looked at the actual liquidation price and it was 150 points below where my stop was. And I'm, that's no good. Wait a minute, what's going on here? So I emailed them and I said, what, what's the deal with this? And so they, they took the information, they went off and looked And I'm like, I'm never going to hear from these guys again. Or they're going to say, well, look, a stop order is a market order. And that's the thing with these synthetic futures brokers, that they've got their own artificial market. There's Mm -hmm. their own artificial price discovery that occurs within the black box that they have there. And during that microsecond, the market price dropped. There was an air pocket. And so I was just assuming the worst and thinking, well, they're going to come back and say, blah, 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 terms and conditions. And, you know, you know, good luck next time kind of thing. And I was, but they refunded my trade. I could not believe it. They said we had a maintenance window, unannounced maintenance window and basically liquidity dried up for that, that second, there was nothing. So the bid dropped 150 points right there, even though it wasn't, it wasn't tied to the spot. So they might've also lost one of their spot connections because they advertise that they have 12 connections to different spot exchanges. But that's the nature of the game in this business now is that everything is moving towards these leverage brokers. And with each leverage broker, it's always how well does this futures broker tie themselves, anchor themselves to the spot? Because you've seen all the, you know, the depth of market graphs where it looks like a big V, yep. right, with every coin, and those things are deep. They don't move that much. I mean, yep. that's that's a lot of supply and demand to chew through on there. So you would think You'd get that, it that would translate over to the futures broker, but it's not the case. So every futures broker, and you, you mentioned that you had some pretty good experience with BitMEX being hmm. very tight, very liquid, things like that. So this, this is a lesson, I think. It was a lesson for me, was not to trust a a stop order. Don't trust a stop order in a market that you're not sure of yet because it's a it's a market order. Stop mm. is a market.
0: Yeah. and it's I mean, the point, I mean, something that I wanted to get across to everybody is right now, you know, in, in all markets, and it's been something that I've tried to educate people on in traditional trading as well when I've taught people there, it's, you know, question things you nine times out of 10, probably more than that, you're not going to win the argument, well, but don't argue, go and question because these are opportunities to learn how the system works. And once you learn how it works, then you can ignore the ones where you go, okay, well, I'm not going to follow that one up because I know that that one I got taken out. That just is what it is. But on the odd occasion, you, you will know when you go, hang on, that's not right. This is something very different. Then you ask that question. And then that might save you a large amount of money. So don't not to be a, a pest and not to always think the platform or the exchange or the brokers against you, but don't be afraid to ask the question. And also, if they if you don't understand the answer,
1: keep asking. It's up to you. It's up to them to explain it to you. There's a big difference between a little bit of slippage and a a huge yeah. gap lower. Like something wrong happened there. So it's especially if somebody that's listening to this, if you have a situation that occurred where it just clearly wasn't that i i've heard of situations like like bitmex where they they have two feeds one is gemini and i forget who the other one is but uh they lost one of the feeds and so the feeds the spot feeds were a little bit off skewed, yeah a little bit skewed on there so they lost a the feed and then all of a sudden it skewed it to the other one and somebody was trading far too big with using stop orders and took a huge loss. And I think he he like set up this whole Reddit post to say, hey guys, here's what I did, please don't do what I did. And you know, he lost a significant amount of money based on something that was beyond his his control. control. And Betmex uh, basically leaned back on their T's and C's and said, sorry, this is the nature of the system that you're trading. You know, they're not going to give it back. They've got that expensive real estate in Hong Kong to pay for. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's the way it goes. I mean, it can be it can be frustrating, definitely, especially on something like trading against Bitcoin, uh, sorry, against Bitcoin or on Bitcoin, because its it's got enough liquidity that we should be okay. You just need to make sure you try and fire all the little ins and outs of that. Uh, don't be too eager to jump onto a new platform too. I mean, you've got to look where they're getting their volume from and how they're getting that, you know, Slippage and uh, stops not being met, that's where your risk really lies after risk management. If you don't know how to risk manage, then you shouldn't be using margin anyway. Right. Couldn't couldn't could agree now, more. Then slippage is where you can get hurt.
1: Could not agree more.
0: Yeah. Without risk management, there is absolutely nothing that you should be doing in the margin trading area. But um, I mean, before we finish up, mate, because we usually go for sort of 20 minutes, half an hour, bang on the nose there. What um what are you seeing at the moment across the market? I mean, we've seen, we've seen a progression to the upside very slowly. I might add, there is some higher highs and higher lows It's been ticking away. Obviously we saw a bit of a sell off last night, nothing massive in you know, 140 bucks. And has recovered a bit from here. What, what's the chart? What are the charts telling you at
1: the moment? Have you got any clarity in direction? I, I don't see, I don't see the volume right now, uh, So I'm I'm missing two things for this to be a bottom. I'm missing capitulation, and it's got to be that gut-wrenching capitulation where the majority of people say, oh, to hell with this. That's it. I'm done. I'm walking away. And I've seen that in so many different markets. I've been through so many different bear markets, and every single one of them usually reaches that point of mass capitulation where people just say, I'm done. I can't take this anymore. And that's that's where the bottom comes from. And all of a sudden, you get that reversal back up to the upside on big volume. Mm. And the squeeze hits, and all of a sudden, the shorts get baked. And and everybody sits on the sidelines and goes, well, I'm not falling for that one. This is just another fake rally. And I, I'm not feeling that right now. I just don't see the same signs I, I love seeing the green candles. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, I'm not sitting there, you know, poo poo in the rally, but it just doesn't have the same, you know, it cool. doesn't have the same emotion that I'm used to seeing as a bottom.
0: And so that run down from November to 3,200, you don't think that was close? You think we got to go, got to go low. I mean, that was a big move. We, we, we lost half the value of Bitcoin in basically two or three weeks.
1: It was, it was nice. And I, uh, that was really good that shook out a lot of people and it was it was close to what i'm looking for mm. but and maybe i'm being greedy maybe i'm being unrealistic but it's like i want one more shake i want one more undercut uh, usually a double bottom if you undercut slightly on the double bottom that's where you just get a massive puke right there and it's just a huge volume spike and that's where the r- biggest reversals come again I, what what I'm having to force myself to go through is to make sure that I'm not being completely unrealistic with this and, and just looking for something that I want to see. Yeah. Because if we keep on grinding, if we keep on grinding higher, you know, eventually one by one the shorts are just going to get eviscerated through this stuff, and eventually they give up. So we'll we'll see what happens. The the BTC USD shorts are dropping as we speak. And that ins, you know, that insinuates complacency. We're almost to the point of that. Again, you know, you know, it's tough trying to tell the future, but oh, it's yeah. like <laughs> I, I'd love to see one more shake of the tail, and then I think we're going to get into a very loud
0: consolidation
1: basing. Yeah. So I think this is all part of the basing thing, but I, I think we have to go through one more whip to the downside to really shake out the shorts and then we'll base and then we'll start. The volume is missing right now though. The volume, if you go back to 2015, you'll see the volume just, whoosh just came into there like massively mm-hmm. and, and it gave it no, it was a no doubter. Okay. Well Rick, that's an Rick, interesting perspective
0: for everybody there. Cause I mean, look from my point of view, I've heard that, um, that theory before, um, recently, from a few people, as a matter of fact, and yeah, you can you can see it on the charts. But um, I mean, as you as you said, it's difficult to predict the future. I'm just very much focused on right now what's actually going on. And whilst ever we keep making higher highs and higher lows, I'm going to be looking for trades to the upside, tentative little trades. Um, and also, whilst ever we consolidate sideways, I'm happy to trade against Bitcoin for Sat's and try and build that Bitcoin collection. Uh, I don't mind doing that at all. And if we can get above. Uh, the most recent high set on the uh, on the daily chart. What is that level actually? I'm talking about Bitfinex here. Uh, that high is at 42.82. We'll have a third higher high in what this has been as a daily uptrend. We haven't seen that since 2017. We've set two highs and then pulled back every single time. So that'll be interesting. And finally, for me, the next level to be more bullish, not saying I'm going to call it a bull market because there's a difference between being bullish and being in a bull market. Um, yes. The high of uh, 4384, that will actually have us with that weekly reversal of trend in place as well, commonly known as a double bottom. And For me, if those two levels can get taken out, I think we start to get those short sellers starting to go, ooh, maybe I've got this one wrong, but maybe I'm going to miss out. And we've got space to run a 5,000 there, uh, even if the monthly downtrend is to continue. A pullback into that 5,000 mark still doesn't make it look, you know, overly bear-up bullish.
1: Yeah, there's, there is something to be said for, the, uh, for those that are into market profile and volume profile, things like that. Because the move in early November, when you get, moves that just punch through like that, whether they're going up or whether they're going down, there is no resistance or support during that time. Mm-hmm. So all the resistance and support gets built up in the consolidation. So it can go up just as quickly, exactly. back up 6,400 in this case, if it, if, if it needs to. Yep, and that, exactly. that wouldn't be a bad thing to see. And And again, this leads back to derivatives for me because it's like, I said early on this year that this is going to be the year of the derivative because this is the type of market. This is the type of market where we're just going to get swings up and down, and we don't care which way it goes. We'll trade at both sides, up Mm -hmm. and down. And it, you know, look, we're going to accumulate for the longer term stuff, but we're not going to sit there and complain about the market. That's one thing that you can never do is to complain about the state of the market. Can't trade the market that you want; only the one that you have in front of you.
0: Bingo. I couldn't agree more on that. And with that, I think that's a good way to end it. We've got uh, your viewers to the bigger picture and what you'd like to see on the way down, what I'm looking at currently without making any view on where I think it would go. But if we do break through these two levels, I think I'm going to be much more bullish uh, and looking for many more longs. But uh, Doc, before you go, mate, please tell everybody where they can find out about yourself and ready Set Crypto.
1: Well, I am one half of Ready Set Crypto. My partner is actually my son, uh, his name is Mav, and he's just lo- located to Los Angeles, so he's out in the West Coast. But you can reach us at radiosetcrypto.com. We just got a new website up there, so we're yeah. into the 90s now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and you know, looking forward to uh, interacting. People can also find us on YouTube as well, too. We have a fairly large YouTube presence, so looking forward, and we'll uh, you know any content that you guys want us to produce, we'll be happy to do
0: mate well we love speaking with you getting that other perspective somebody who i respect as a trader knows what he's talking about have a lot of experience and uh, is no bs so thank you once again very much for your time doc i'll speak to you again in the very near future and uh, you trade well my friend
1: all right thanks for bringing me on again craig take care guys bye for now